Attention! This makes absolutely no sense. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Xander's Facts. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Xander's Facts. I'm, of course, the aforementioned Xander. And no, this is not a new episode of the Xander's Facts podcast, but... It is a Zader's Facts flashback that we got this week for you on Wednesday, June 21st, which means we still got some facts for you, even if they aren't new facts. They're still important facts, which you're going to want to listen to, so we're going to get to that in just a second. But before we do, just wanted to remind you all that if you like the Zader's Facts podcast, if you think you're going to like all the facts on this flashback, remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, the Zader's Facts flashback, rate and review the podcast, check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Zader's Facts, that's Zader with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Zader's Facts Podcast. Tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Zader's Weekend Facts. It's a recap of the week's top headlines every Sunday morning. Check it out. It's free. Sign up in the episode subscription. It's there below. And check out the Zader's Facts link tree because it has all the Zader's Facts links that you need. We got a Zader's Facts flashback this week. I was originally planning on doing a new podcast and we were going to talk about the indictment of you-know-who, a certain former president, because there was one, like, two months ago, and now there's another one, because this guy keeps getting in all this trouble. I was going to talk about that this week, because it was ha- a lot of it was happening on the day I'm recording this, Tuesday, June 13th, but I was like, we're probably going to learn a lot more in the next week or so, and I'm a little tired today. So, to be honest, I decided to push that back to next week, And also next week, I already had planned, is we are coming up on the one-year anniversary of the Supreme Court issuing its ruling in the Dobbs v. Jackson case, which effectively overturned Roe v. Wade. So a year on from that, we're going to talk about everything that's been going on with abortion rates in America next week on the podcast, episode 109. Wednesday, June 21st, all that's coming up next week. Lots of facts, lots of good facts, so you're going to want to make sure and listen next week for our brand new episode of the Zader's Facts Podcast. But for now, let's get to this week's Zader's Facts Flashback. We are going back to episode 91 of the podcast from back in January. It was titled, What is a Recession? Because there was a lot of talk going on on if there's going to be a recession this year, and there may still be, but so far it hasn't happened. But I took a look at what exactly an economic recession is, the details or what exactly it all means, and if it's going to happen. So we took a look at all that on episode 91, and we're about to replay that on this week's Satyr's Facts flashback. So let's get straight to it, y'all. Let's go back to when we were talking all about recessions. Oh, my favorite, back on episode 91 of the podcast in January on this week's Zader's Facts flashback. So this week, episode 91, let's dive into our main topic and our main question. What is a recession? We talk about it all the time. We talk about the Great Recession from 2008. We talk about the Great Depression from the 20s and 30s, 1920s and 30s. And now we're talking about it again in 2023. Why? And what exactly is an economic recession, because you might talk about it all the time, but you might not actually know what the term means. And we're talking about that this week because there's been a lot of fear-mongering 
going on lately. I don't know about you all, but I get like a million notifications to my phone every day from the news apps. And I feel like every other day, or I'm just scrolling around, I see an article from CNBC or Yahoo Finance or Wall Street Journal, and it's telling me how to prepare for the impending economic recession. And listen, let me tell you all, if we don't raise the debt ceiling, there's going to be something much worse than a recession. And by the way, the whole debt ceiling thing that's been going on, I talked about that last week on the Zaders Facts podcast. So if you want a whole fact-filled lesson on the debt ceiling, check out last week's podcast, episode 90. Seamless bog. But for this podcast, let's forget about all that, because even excluding the debt ceiling talk, there's been a lot of chatter about a downturn in the economy that has already come or is coming. And as we've said on the podcast, the economy has been relatively strong by several metrics, including employment, but by a couple of other metrics, namely inflation and gas prices and wages, it hasn't been that great. Coming out of 2020, the height, or basically the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. And by the way, inflation and gas prices have been a main topic, especially over the last year. Back in the summer of 2022, we also did a podcast on that, which you should all go check out because it did pretty well in 2022 because there were a lot of facts on that podcast. Ugh. There's also going to be a lot of facts on this podcast because there are many so-called experts, put experts in quotations, who are worried that the Federal Reserve's policy of raising interest rates could quickly lead to a downturn in the economy or potentially a recession. But you might not know what the term recession means. It just sounds scary. There's a lot of words and phrases that are thrown out there that are meant to make you feel fearful and scared. But we should probably know what they are first before we can get scared and fearful. Because there's a lot of things to get scared about in the world, but not knowing a topic is not one of them. Because you have the Zayers Facts podcast. So on this week's podcast, we are going to stick with the economic talk from last week, bring it over to this week, and discuss what a recession actually is, how it happens, and what the chances are that a recession could happen in the United States in the next year or so, because that has been the big, hot topic. Let's do it. So we are going to get to all of that on this week's podcast, but we're just going to start out with the basic question that you and I have. What is a recession? I don't know. If you'd like the dictionary definition, a recession is the act of receding or withdrawing. But in the economic sense, Investopedia, love Investopedia because they have a lot of facts that I'm going to use here. They define a recession as, quote, a significant widespread and prolonged downturn in economic activity, unquote. So when the economy isn't doing well and it's trending downturn for a significant period of time, that's what we call a recession. But there are there actually criteria for a recession to occur? Because you look at the definition and it just says significant, widespread, prolonged. Those are kind of vague terms. But where we actually get to a certain criteria, that's where things get a little fuzzy. Because, you know, this is kind of a simple question. What is a recession? You would think. And if it was a simple question, this podcast would be a lot shorter. But there's no clear-cut answer. Because when we actually ask what the criteria for a recession to occur is, that's where things get a little bit fuzzy. True, true. There is a common sentiment, though. It's kind of trending out of favor for a lot of people. But the past common sentiment is that if we have two consecutive quarters, each quarter is a three-month period of negative gross domestic product, that's GDP, growth, 
then that means we're in a recession. That actually happened last year. The U.S. had negative GDP growth in the first of the second quarters of 2022, which means for the first half of the year, we had negative GDP growth, which isn't that great. And then in the third quarter, we saw positive growth. So by that definition, in the first part of 2022, we were in a recession. And there were some people who then declared that we were. But an analysis from October by Raymond James found that other indicators showed that the U.S. was not in a recession. And that was really the common sentiment at the time, was that the U.S. wasn't in a recession, because that's not the only indicator that we look at. Or at least the people who full-time look at this stuff, economic analysts, look at. We've got something called the National Bureau of Economic Research, NBER. It's a nonprofit and nonpartisan research organization that is the standard bearer for declaring recessions and informing on other aspects of the economy. This is not all they deal with is recessions. The NBER, in addition to GDP growth, takes a look at a lot of things like unemployment, industrial production, and retail sales. The NBER tracks U.S. business cycles and notes that when unemployment rises considerably, a recession is usually occurring. But since the NBER relies on government data for things like unemployment, because that's where we get unemployment numbers from, we might not know when we are in a recession, since the NBER will declare that we have one in the past or it started months ago. So, you know, in 2008, technically the recession started in December of 2007, But into December of 2007, it wasn't declared that we were in a recession. February, March of 2020 was COVID and everything shut down, but they hadn't declared we were in a recession yet until we got the numbers. And the unemployment numbers come out the month after the month they are recording for, I believe. And so then they take that metric and other metrics and declare when we are in a recession. This is basically the standard bearer, as I said. These are the people that we look to because usually they know what they're talking about. And when we look at the history of recessions, going back to the Industrial Revolution, so we're going back to the 1800s, you know, we find that most worldwide economies have steadily grown over that period of time, but there's definitely been some contractions as well. The IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund, found that from 1960 to 2007, almost a 50-year period, There were 122 recessions in 21 of the most advanced economies around the world. But over time, recessions have actually tended to become less frequent and shorter in length. And that's because of one big economic downturn that we had. Uh Uh-oh. Back in the late 1920s and the early 1930s, you may remember this as a bad time in the history of America because it was a bad time for most places. The Great Depression. Governments around the world since the Great Depression have implemented policies like welfare, unemployment insurance, social security, and other fiscal and monetary policies that have the specific target of making sure recessions do not become full-blown crises or depressions like the Great Depression did. And another way that governments try this tactic is when the economy starts to go down, the government usually tries to cut interest rates. You've heard about interest rates, and we'll talk about it more in just a second. 
But a quick sidetrack here, because if you wanted to know what the difference is between a recession and a depression... I didn't ask that. I've got the answer, because they're kind of similar terms, but they mean different things in what they can be categorized as. Because recessions are more common, and they're not as severe as depressions. Like a routine recession usually creates a decline in GDP of about 2% or so. More severe ones could be 5%. There was a recession in 1937 and 1938, which came after the Great Depression, which sent the GDP down by about 10%. Now, depressions aren't common. And because of that, we actually don't have a commonly accepted formula that is used to define one, like 2%, 5%, 10% of GDP loss. But in the Great Depression, GDP in the U.S. fell almost a third, 33%, and unemployment hit 25%. That's a lot of numbers. To put that into context, April of 2020 was when unemployment reached its peak in the U.S., and that only hit 14.7%. And if you've ever taken a history class, you know, the Great Depression was really bad for basically everybody. Man, that was rough. But then we get FDR and all the New Deal policies. So there you go. But if you're not counting 2022, and many economic analysts are not, that little recession technically, but not technically, because a lot of people don't think it was in 2022, but many believe that the most recent recession occurred at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic in 2020. As I said, the unemployment rate that was 14.7% at its highest in April obviously came back to life pretty quickly. And despite the economic downturn, it was only two months in length. The NBER actually designated it as a recession, even though it didn't have that six-month span as that typical recession needs, or the criteria that it needs, but because of, you know, the extraordinary, everything closed out, it was extraordinary circumstances, they declared it just a little mini recession. But before that, we have to go all the way back to the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009, and you all know that wasn't good either. But between 2009 and 2020, there were no recessions or downturns in the U.S. economy. That was the largest economic expansion time, 126 months between June 2009 and February 2020 was the largest economic expansion that the U.S. has ever had. It's a fact. Between the end of the Great Recession, June 2009, and February of 2020, right as COVID starts, largest economic expansion of the economy ever in the history of the United States. But here's another question. How exactly do these recessions happen? Because that's basically what they are, but what causes them? And the answer to this, just like to the question of what is a recession, is not clear-cut. Too bad. There really isn't a single common predictor of a recession. But obviously they've happened before. We can look at things that have happened beforehand because since 1854 we've had 34 recessions in the US, although only 5 have come after 1980. Nice fact. But because they have happened many times in the history of the US, we could kind of look at these things and see, well this thing predicted a recession and this one did. So we can kind of look at these different things that I'm about to talk about and you know, we could say, well, maybe this does predict a recession. But 
you know, of course, the issue is we would have one common thing that could predict a recession, but nothing is ever foolproof. So something that has happened before each of the 10 U.S. recessions that have come after 1955 is an inverted yield curve. If you don't know what a yield curve is, it typically shows yields on similar bonds, you know, stocks or bonds, on similar bonds across a variety of maturities. Maturities meaning time lengths, like short time length or long time length. And usually the yield curve slopes upward. It's actually like on a chart, a curve, which shows that if you hold longer term debt, you've taken on more risk. If you take on a bond that has longer term debt of a long term, 10 years, 30 years, however many long, you know, we're talking about decades, that usually takes on more risk than when you have a bond that is short term, like one, two, five years. But when the curve is inverted, it's the opposite. And so now, instead of long-term interest rates having a higher percentage than short-term interest rates, long-term interest rates now have a smaller percentage than short-term interest rates. When this happens, investors are moving money away from short-term bonds into long-term bonds. And typically, we take a look at the 10-year, two-year spread. So you can buy bonds that are one year, two years, five years, 10 years, 30 years, what have you. But usually, when we're looking at predictors of economic recessions, we're usually looking at the 10-year, two-year spread, with the two-year bonds representing the short-term and the 10-year bonds representing the long-term. So when we go back to 2006, the 10-year, two-year spread was inverted. And then in 2007, long-term bonds started to outperform stocks. And the Great Recession began in December of 2007. And then in August of 2019, the spread actually inverted again. And then we had the two-month recession in February and March of 2020, which was, you know, COVID obviously happened with that. But maybe something with the economy would have happened anyway if that actually happened. But we'll never know the answer. Anybody could tell you, well, this was actually going to happen. They don't know because we're never going to know. And now you look at it today. Back in December, which was a month ago, 2022, the yield curve became inverted again. Today, uh, actually the day I'm recording this podcast, Tuesday, January 24th, the two-year treasury yield stood at 4.21%. The 10-year yield was at 3.46%. That's a three-quarters of a percent difference, and it's an inverted curve. How about that? Which we're going to talk about more in just a minute. But more specifically for the question of what causes recessions, there are actually several theories that economic analysts have. One of those theories is that significant and sustained increases in oil prices can raise prices for many other things in an economy, which causes inflation, which would create a recession. That's kind of like what we saw last year with gas prices and inflation rising. Now, another theory takes a look at credit growth and consumer debt. When we take on more financial risk during good economic times, we could get a bigger return or it could come back to bite us in the butt because some say that a recession can be caused by insufficient growth in the money supply. So if you're not getting a good return on your investments because you took too much risk and you're not getting good returns, 
money flow is not coming in as hot or the money supply is not growing. And that means you could have less money, which means you would spend less, which the economy doesn't like because then we go into an economic downturn. There are also theories that focus on psychological factors like what I just mentioned a second ago, taking on too much risk during good economic times or not enough risk during bad times. You could be safe with your money, which is fine, but maybe a little too safe. So you're only getting an interest rate of like half a percent per year, which is pretty bad. So should we prepare for a recession this year? I'm diving right into this question because I know it's the question all you all have. Here it comes. Are we going to have a recession this year? That's basically why you came on to listen to the podcast. You just got through me explaining what a recession is, what causes it, blah, 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 Xander, I don't care. Is there going to be a recession? Are we going to have troubles? Well, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at all those indicators into the context of today. And let's look at the state of the economy. Because yes, as I said, the yield curve is inverted. But I said the last 10 recessions have come after the inverted yield curve. But there's been other times that the yield curve was inverted. But a recession has not occurred immediately after. Good to know. So that's one thing to put into the back of your mind. Unemployment is another big indicator. Right now, we're sitting at 3.5%, which was tied for the lowest level before the pandemic in February 2020. Obviously, those were circumstances that caused the unemployment rate to rise drastically in two or three months. So usually, when a recession, or at least when they think a recession's beginning, you'll start to see the unemployment rate tick up from 3.5%, maybe up closer to 4% or 5% or whatever. And that's what economic analysts are predicting is going to happen this year. We'll also probably see consumer spending slow. And another indicator is consumer debt, which has continued to rise steadily basically since the aftermath of the 2008 Great Recession. Consumers, you, me, us, we're all in this together. Once we know that we are, we're all stars and we see that. But all of us have or the collective of us, maybe not you personally, but people have been taking on more debt. Basically, that's been steadily rising as a cumulative number of all Americans. We've taken on more debt since the aftermath of the Great Recession. But the consensus among economists is that the economy is going to turn south in the near future, possibly this year. They believe that the Fed actually jacking up interest rates in an effort to calm inflation could result in a recession, or maybe just a downturn, which wouldn't be as bad for the economy. But we didn't talk about the Fed raising interest rates as an issue. We talked about oil prices rising, which makes everything else rise in price because our world runs on oil right now, trying to get that to change in the next few decades. But right now, our world, not just the country, our world runs on oil, and oil prices rose significantly over the last year or two. And it caused higher gas prices. But what it also caused was higher transportation prices for our goods and services and everything. And it was a big factor in inflation happening. We're still having high inflation, but thankfully not as high as it was. That's been going down, thankfully. But economists believe that, you know, if inflation goes down too drastically, we could get stagflation, which would also be bad for the economy. Because as we've said on this podcast, what you really want is inflation around 2%. That's the Fed's goal of putting inflation around 2% because your economy at that point is just, you know, steadily growing. 
Prices are always going to grow. A hamburger was, what, 50 cents in the 1950s or whatever. And now it's whatever McDonald's or Burger King charges you. Whopper, 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 whopper. No. But prices are always rising. We talk about inflation. I've said on this on the podcast. We talk about inflation as a bad thing, as a bad term. It's not a bad term. It's the excessive amount of inflation. It's the 8, 9, 7, 6% inflation, which is not good. If you get around 2% inflation, that means your economy is growing. That means prices aren't rising too badly and you're doing pretty well. And that is the goal of the Federal Reserve to get inflation down to 2%. And to get that to actually happen, they have been raising interest rates. Right now, they're about 4.25% to 4.5%. They could increase possibly to 5% in the near future, like in the next month or two or three. But what we've seen historically, and this is what economists are alarmed about, is the Fed has put up interest rates this high before, and a downturn in the economy has happened as a result. But the good news is that traders believe that the Fed is going to start cutting interest rates by the end of the year, and the Fed's end projections show them starting to cut interest rates by the beginning of next year. And obviously, they're not going to do it until they get you know at least close to their inflation goal, because that's their first priority right now is cutting out inflation. Then you turn over to, well, we just got rid of inflation. We can't cause a recession now. And so then you'll probably start to see the cutting of interest rates. And the Fed is actually projecting internally that the economy is going to grow by half a percent this year. So clearly they, they do not see the recession happening. But typically when we're in a recession, let me just tell you what could happen. Economic output, employment, and consumer spending is all going to drop. And to combat this, the Federal Reserve is going to cut interest rates to support the economy, or a central break in other countries are going to cut their country's interest rates. What also is going to happen is that the government's going to bring in less tax revenues because we are going to have more people unemployed. People probably aren't going to be spending as much or making as much. So the government's going to bring in less tax revenues. And because we're going to have more people unemployed in a recession, we have to spend more on things like unemployment insurance and other social programs. So because of that, the government's budget deficit will widen. Watch it, buddy. Widen Biden. But something interesting is that many don't see recessions coming. Usually economists aren't screaming it from the rooftops that they're going to have one, but that's what they're doing right now. And we're not, we usually don't talk about it on the podcast beforehand, but you know, we can all now look back at 2008 and we can be like, oh, this is what happened, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we should have seen this coming. Usually we don't see it coming at the time. Right now, though, they're all yapping at us that this is going to happen. So whether or not that happens, though, remains to be seen. That's the answer to the question of, should we prepare for a recession this year? Well, if you trust all the economists out there, you really, really trust them, then absolutely it will happen. Bury down the hatchets. We are all screwed. Morning, morning. If you really, really trust them. But the data's mixed. So there's a chance it's going to happen and a chance it won't. So whether all these economists are right or whether they're all wrong, we won't know. And if they're all wrong, we can all laugh mercilessly in their faces. Ha ha, loser. But as I said, the data's mixed. There's a chance it will happen. There's a chance it won't. And obviously, we might not even know. There might be something else external that just comes about and shakes our whole world like a few months before covid happened and anyone any of us talk about coronavirus covid 
No, we had no clue. So anything can really happen. But like, is all the data trending towards a recession happening right now? No, it's not. There is some data. But as I said, there's no one metric that shows that a recession or an economic downturn is going to happen until it starts actually happening. Because when unemployment rates start rising, when consumer spending starts lowering, that's when we know that we are actually in an economic downturn. So could that happen in the next 11 months? Obviously it could, but maybe not. But we'll see. But remember that when you're dealing with economic issues and any issue, really, to trust the facts. Sanders facts. Because usually you'd think, what is a recession? Is a simple, basic answer. But I just spent 25 minutes on it. So clearly, it's not. Trust the facts. Sanders facts. So there you have it, y'all. Those are all the facts that we've got for this Sanders Facts flashback. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember that if you liked all the facts we had on this edition of the Zaders Facts podcast. Remember to follow this podcast, download this episode, rate and review the podcast, then check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Zaders Facts, that's Zader with a Z. And most importantly, remember to tell all your friends, spread the facts, Zaders Facts podcast, tell all your friends about the podcast, about the newsletter, Zaders Weekend Facts, about Zaders Facts on YouTube. This Zaders Facts flashback is also going to be available on YouTube, so you should go check that out. And check out the Zaders Facts link tree because it has all the Zaders Facts links that you need. So that is this week's Zaders Facts flashback. As I said earlier, we are going to have a new episode next week with a lot of facts. Episode 109, next Wednesday, June 21st. Do not miss it. But that is it. That is a wrap on this week's Zaders Facts flashback. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see y'all with episode 109 of the podcast next week. The caravan of mostly Central American immigrants is now in the Mexican city of Guadalajara.